everybody and welcome back to another episode of Southern Onion. I'm Erica. And I'm Erin, you know, vertically challenged. <laughs> you I are know. shorter, yeah. <laughs> I am the short one, sorry. Um, so, hey, I went to the doctor a couple weeks ago. I am officially 5'8", so, huh. Ooh. I feel pretty good about it. That's great. Yeah, and, and how tall are you again, Erin? I'm five foot three. <laughs> uh-huh. With heels on. Yeah, you That's are. right. <laughs> <laughs> so not only am I the twin born first, I've also had all the, the genes, the good, you know. The tall ones. The tall yeah. ones, yeah. Although we do have a sister who's six foot, so yeah. I, I landed in the middle. So you're shorter to her. So. I'm shorter to her, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, so we want to thank everyone again for tuning in and listening. We appreciate the support so much. We are having so much fun. We love hearing from you, the listeners. And if ever you want to reach out to us, please feel free to do so. You can give us a follow on Instagram at Southern Onion Podcast, or you can send us an email at Southern Onion, the number two, at gmail.com. And I promise I am working on that website and hope to have it up soon. <laughs> Yay. Yay. You know, this is this is my fun project, so I don't always have the, the time that I want. But you know what? That's okay. Because I'm going to make time. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, as awesome as it can be. So try not to laugh, Erin. I see your face. I'm, so, I'm trying not to. Yeah. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It's all good. Thanks a lot. So hope yeah. everybody <laughs> has had a great week. Erin, how's your week been? Well, I've been spring cleaning still. Ugh. So I got, got my windows done. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. And I'm working on a secret special project. But I, I can't know. share it yet. I can't share no. it yet with everybody. I'll share it next week. I yes. promise. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. I'm a little ashamed yeah. of this, but it's pretty cool. It is. I can't wait to share it with you guys, but I got to wait. I got to yep. wait. So you got to so, tune in again. Find out what yes. it is. You guys, it's worth it. Is it not? It's Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. Yep. It's worth it. So, yeah. So I've been working on a secret project. So <laughs> can't wait to can't Yay. wait to share it. But other than that, just been doing housework, you know, around the mm-hmm. house, fun stuff. So. Okay. Well, if you could just yeah, I know. head on down here, I need you to clean my house too. So Yeah, Thanks. I'm good. I'm good. Hey. <laughs> I don't ever want to see another window again. Not twins stick together. Yeah, yeah. Boo, boo. <laughs> I know. So what have you been up to this week? Oh, uh, the, you know, usual work. And then um, I have mentioned before, I love video games. I, Gosh, we've played video games our entire lives. I mean, the first console was in television. So that's going back away. Um, I'm more on Xbox now. And so I've been playing the new game, The Outriders. And it's so fun. And it's so funny because people will say, you play video games? I'm like, yes, because it, I'm working on my hand-eye coordination. I mean, there's medical reasons why I play. Wink, wink. Um, but, yeah, and I, I love the first-person shooters. So it's hmm. stress relief for me, you know, to kill things online. Mm-hmm. You know, not, you know, in real life because that's illegal. I don't want right. to become an episode. Right. So yes. That's what <laughs> we life goal. Yeah. Adult goal. Right. Don't become an, a podcast, a true crime podcast episode. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yep. And then hung out, you know, hung out with some friends some more, you know, did the, the bonfire thing and socially distanced, but it's just nice to, to see people again and not just text because you feel a yep. bit disconnected. So, so yeah, so it's been good and having the windows open, the cats like it, get the wind in their whiskers and 
Yes. You know, just just having fun and dealing with pollen, but that's okay. I'll do it. Tree pollen. Yeah, Yay, tree pollen. tree pollen. Boo. Yeah. So, it never gets easier as we get older, so. No. Yeah, but, all right. So, that's enough about us. Hope yes. everybody has had a great week again. Thanks for tuning in. We love it. We love you. Thanks for all the new mm-hmm. listens and follows. Tell your friends. Uh, like us. Follow us. Leave us a comment. It helps tremendously yeah. so that we can be seen by more um, when people are searching for new true crime podcasts. So we appreciate it so, so much. Mm-hmm. So now let's get to this. Let's get to this onion and peel back the layers on a Miss Dorothea. Poenta. Yeah, you got it. Okay, yes. Poenta. Poenta. I had to write it out and it still confused me. I know. So, yes. Yes. I got nervous. I got nervous. But it's gross alert, though, guys. I mean, I'm just saying. It was not that bad. I'm going to say gross alert because I just Mm. think I got to put it out. I'm just going to put it out there because our other podcasts have not been this gross in my opinion <laughs> well true so okay i mean but it's a good story it's just i want to warn you all if you have sensitive stomachs <laughs> well or we vivid imagination yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah more the vivid imagination yeah we're not yeah, gonna it, get too technical yeah. on things so right yeah we we try not to so yes. but i just want to warn everybody up front so yes so dorothea poenta Right? Yes. Okay, good. I'm not going to say that last name again um, no, <laughs> because it's no. difficult for Erica. So, <laughs> yes, she's it also, is for me too. Yeah, so she also is known as the Death House Land Lady. She was born January 9th, 1929. She died March 27th, 2011. She was incarcerated um, at the time of her death. And her killings took place in the 80s like the later 80s so we are talking about a mature serial killer here as far as age yes so she was in she was like 60 59 60 when she did most of her killings and if you want a visual image of her (laughs) she looks like the lady from tweety bird the grandmother or the The grandmother yeah yeah. the grandmother the mom from tweety bird absolutely (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> the person, <laughs> the person in the documentary that we watched, and the cartoon character as well, and it's, it's like, yes. oh my gosh, it really is. <laughs> yes, just wanted to put yeah. that out there. So, so what we ended up uh, watching was again on Discovery Plus, but I believe you can still, it, it's through the ID channel as well. So if you have um, cable TV, you could probably watch it on demand that way yes. as well. Yes. It was uh, from the show called Stranger in the House. It is episode one of season one, and it was the House of Horrors. Yes. If, okay, I didn't write the name of the episode down, but I did the show. So. Yep, that's it. So that's where you can go watch it. You can also just, you know, Google her name and see this awesome image of a of a of a mammal <laughs> that's what got yeah. me i was like well of course yeah. nobody suspects her she looks like a sweet lady she was five foot three and about 135 pounds and she's yeah. taken down grown men six feet 250 pounds so yeah yeah Whew, she was evil yes evil, evil. so and she is in sacramento california doing this 
Yeah, so we're finally out of Florida. Yeah. Been, this is our second episode mm-hmm. in California, though. So. Yeah, so we've left Florida for a little bit. Yeah, we'll California. be back. Don't worry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So she runs a boarding house, but she doesn't own this boarding house. Correct. This is actually her renting it from a family. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to say the last name. No, I can't. It starts either. with an O. Yeah. I'm, you know, so I'm not going to do that. But Right, and they seem like a very re- nice family upstairs yes. because she had rented a room from them, and they were going to move out or sell the mm-hmm. house. And and she says, well, why don't you just let me have the whole house and I'll, I'll rent it from you. Yeah. Yeah. And so she turns this into a boarding home. Mm-hmm. So in 1988, there is a city outreach worker mm-hmm. and she's looking for a place for one of her clients to stay. And his name is Bert. Yes. Okay. So Bert Montoya. Yes. I hope I'm saying that right. Okay. He is schizophrenic. Yeah. And that, that was really sad. That was sad, but yeah. He, but Bert loses his his social security number. Yes, because he, he is out on this, or he's a transient, uh, I think that's the correct term now, person. and But he can't get his checks to try to get back on his feet because he's lost his social security card. Right. You know, and that's something that once you're born, you're tracked with that number. That is your number until you pass. And so that's how everything follows you is that social security number. So poor. And then in the eighties, you don't have, you know, phones on your or camera on your phones to take a Mm -hmm. picture, to remember it. He just, you had that piece of paper and that was it. And he, he wasn't able to remember it. So, yeah. So the city outreach worker, you know, helps him get his paperwork together. Mm -hmm. And, She's looking for a place for Bert to go. So, of course, whose doorstep does she end up on? Dorothea! Yes. And mm-hmm. Dorothea seems so kind and helpful. She's a godsend, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, and she's ha- <laughs> yeah, and she likes Bert and is just so sweet to him. He becomes, quickly becomes her favorite, mm-hmm. calling her mom, and she's just loving on him and doting on him. Yeah, because this is now her pet project. And we don't really realize why, but it's kind of taking this this man who's come in from the streets and, oh, look how I'm helping him through living here, working in my garden, the mm-hmm. garden, hint, hint, and, you know, what, um, what, what he's able to accomplish because of her compassion and dedication to him. Right. And there's other tenants that are here, too, that mm-hmm. are in this house. Uh, John McCauley, McCauley, he's kind of a smart mouth drunk. Yeah. That's how they kind of described him. Mm -hmm. You have Ben Fink, who is Jewish and has the swastika tattoo. Right. To show, hey, don't mess with me, because why would a Jewish person get that tattooed on themselves? Right. And he liked to get his SS checks because he could go get drunk, and then he waits the next one came in, and Mm -hmm. he'd go get drunk again. Yep. So he was a a big alcoholic. Mm -hmm. You have John Sharp. He's not a drunk, but he's a gambler. He likes to play the poker. Mm-hmm. And when he had back surgery, Dorothea was kind enough to buy him a special bed. So he's indebted to her over this bed. Right. Yeah. So she makes it to where these guys really owe her something. She has the control here, which if you're going to be a serial killer, that's what you yeah. do. You get the upper hand on people. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she's got rules. She's strict. You know, if you come to supper or breakfast late, you don't eat. Yeah. And she was not playing because Mr. Fink had a party night one night. And then he comes stumbling into breakfast 10 minutes late. And she was like, no, no, you can't come in here and eat. And he's like, but I'm hungry. She's like, you were told you be here on time or you don't eat. You're late. 
go yeah. be gone with you. So yeah. that's yeah. that's rough. And Dorothea doesn't drive. She has her own cab driver named Patty. Yeah, and Patty's kind of cool. <laughs> like, yeah, she is. I, like, I, I thought so too. I don't. If Patty knew what she was yeah. helping out, I don't think Patty would have done it. But <laughs> right, right. So the tenants pay three seventy five a month, and that's for one room and then two meals. Yes. But for Bert, Bert has a tab. Yes, at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was interesting. Dorothea opened up a tab for him at a bar. <laughs> Don't we want right. him to get away from the drinking? But anyway, who am right. I to judge? <laughs> yeah. So it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Like, what are you so, doing? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, so one night, John Sharp here's like a thud upstairs and they're kind of like what's going on yeah. it's hmm. this is kind of weird and she put in a concrete patio like that's odd yeah and you know the owners of the house were like she was doing things she was always out in the yard yes she was always gardening mm-hmm. and it was just like and they didn't kind of like some of the things she did like she cut down all the rose bushes and she's like oh, i don't like rose bushes Right. Yeah, she didn't ask for permission because, again, she doesn't own this house. She's renting it or leasing it. And yeah. and the owners evidently stop by often to check on her and the and the tenants because you have what's considered an older a older woman uh, living with these down on the down on their luck, really nothing left to lose guys. So and then right. she's adding all this stuff without asking. And they're just right. like, well, OK, you know. I think they just felt bad for her because mm-hmm. they didn't realize what she was doing, obviously. Right. And tenants didn't always stay. A right. lot of times tenants would get, she would have them for like two weeks and then she'd kick them out. Right. Yes. If they couldn't follow the rules. Yeah. So you have a revolving door of people coming in and out of this boarding house. Mm-hmm. So it's if somebody leaves, it's not going to raise a red flag mm-hmm. because they're always leaving. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so, right. So it wasn't it wasn't uncommon. You go to bed one night with, you know, John Smith there, and you wake up and John Smith is gone because these were people that were on the fly anyway. That just kind of took where the went where the wind took them. So yeah. so and and two again, you have an older woman running the house. Nobody is gonna. I would not think yeah. twice about why people were just kind of disappearing or moving out overnight. You know. Right, exactly. So in uh, oct- so Bert kind of falls out of Dorothea's good graces. Yeah, yeah. Bert Bert can't handle the pressure, so he he well he she wait mm-hmm. he hears something. He does hear something, yes. And goes upstairs. They don't say exactly what he saw or heard, but it was disturbing enough that Bert leaves first thing in the morning to check himself into rehab. So you're mm-hmm. like, wait, this is a habitual alcoholic and who's just trying to do enough to keep keep in a house and stay safe. And he's just checked himself into rehab. That's yeah. a, that's a little suspicious. What what did Bert see? You know, what mm-hmm. what happened? So, well, and there was a smell. Yes. Ooh, I From the upstairs imagine. carpet in that yeah. bedroom. Mm hmm. 
Yep. You guys, come on. I mean, we've talked about this before. Yes. <laughs> the difference between it, like, body odor or it's just somebody right. being dirty versus, like, a dead body. Exactly. And the what the granddaughter of the owner said, she remembers going into the house mm-hmm. and smelling this smell. But she just thinks, oh, well, these guys don't always take baths, so that must be what it is. Because right. you don't want to think what you're smelling is actual decay. But, right. Oh, well, God. And, okay, and we also know that this room is cursed because she had a tenant by the name of Ruth Monroe who died in the same room mm-hmm. that Bert was in, and it was of suicide. Yeah, air quotes, so suicide, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this room has had it. It's got a history. Yeah, yeah. Not so. only does it stink, but there's been people who have died in it as well. Yeah, and who? Yeah. No, thank you. No. Yeah. So, Bert comes back from detox. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which was surprising to me that he would even want to come back. Right. Because oh, yeah. he heard something, right, or saw something that made him leave, and now he's come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's already got strike one against him, and Dorothea don't play. No. So, no. you know, you you get a sense of, oh, gosh, Bert, why, knowing what we know, it's like, why mm-hmm. didn't you just stay away? Why didn't you just run away? <laughs> right, you know? yes. But he's got a lot on him and doesn't really have anywhere else to go. So I get why and, he came back. Right, and Dorothy would say, they cross me, they don't cross me a second time. Mm-hmm, yeah, homegirl don't play. Yes. <laughs> so, Bert disappears yet again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it takes about two months. Yeah, they said about two months, right. So, Dorothea tells the other tenants, oh, he left to go live with relatives in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, the outreach worker, the one that helped place Bert, yes. calls Dorothy and says, hey, I'm checking on Bert. How are things going? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, he decided to move to Mexico with some relatives. She knows this isn't true because mm-hmm. she knows Bert's background, so she calls the police. Right, which is good for her because if something doesn't add up, you call the police, you tell an adult. You don't just sit there like we talked about last week and go, well, I just, you know, I just didn't think about anything. Well, you know, no, you call right. the police, you do something, so good for her. Yes. So the police come and search the property. Mm-hmm. They search and they find pill bottles in the bedroom. Right. Not that, prescribed. Right. Like sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. Things that would knock you out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And this was the 80s, so there was a lot looser prescription laws than there are now. But, right. yeah, she was kind of hoarding and keeping all these different medications that did not have her name on them. And some of them didn't even have the tenants' names on them. This was former tenants. So, it's like, right. why has she got all this in here? Hmm. Yeah. What is Granny up to? Exactly. <laughs> so, they also, the, the police decide to search the yard. hmm And at first, she was like, oh, okay. I mean, if that's what you want to do. Right. They come back the next day, and she's like, oh, well, I can get some people to come out and help you guys. They're like, mm-hmm. no, no, we're, we're strong enough. We can yeah. do this. Yeah. So, they start digging, and they find garbage at first. Right, and and well, and, and right, and the reason why they did get in the decide to dig was mm-hmm. from also that outreach worker because she said, "I think there's something with the garden." She's always working in the garden. It was just a hunch, right? 
you know, and she said she had driven by one evening and that big, the big kind of big drunk John, he was, I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't yeah, know what that, else to call his him. Yeah, John, yeah, you're, big, you're drunk, good. <laughs> big drunk John, and he was, he was digging a rather deep hole in one of the flower beds, and she initially didn't think anything of it, but then Bert goes missing, and it's like, well, I could be wrong, but just check the flower beds, so that's, that's why. Yeah. And when, yeah. and when the investigator found the pill bottles, and he's like, yeah, we definitely need to be looking at the flower bed. Right. So sorry, I want to give that. No, you're fine. So at first they find like eggshells, things like that, things mm-hmm. that you find garbage. Right. But they dig a little deeper, and they find a human leg bone. Which I get this is a dramatization of the leg bone, but it was a... It was a bad femur that they pulled out. That's all I'll say. It was. I didn't. I was like, that didn't look even remotely. Exactly. Okay. There I are it some talented. <laughs> there's some talented set and and designers that work on things, but I'm just saying, work on your femur. That's it. I mean, I knew what it was, right. but just work on it. That's all. <laughs> right. And of course, she acts shocked. Oh my goodness, a body or. A right. bone. <laughs> well, I declare, what have you yes. found in my garden? <laughs> but it's not, they determine it's not Bert. And the reason why is because, well, Bert's been missing, or right. what, about two months? Two so months, yeah. This was he decay. would not. Right. This was bone. There was nothing mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. So who is it? Now you're going, hmm, who is in the yard? Yes. So here comes the media, because why not? Sure. They're, they're hearing about it. Neighbors are calling, and... You know, mm. word of mouth can spread like wildfire, and especially yes. when it's something this dramatic and shocking. So Yeah, and the police are still digging in the yard. They're mm-hmm. starting to discover mm-hmm. things, yep. uh, bodies, things like that. And yep. Dorothea, being the sweet little old lady, she's like, well, you're not going to arrest me, are you? And they're like, no, we're not going to arrest you. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, because I want to go around the corner and get a cup of coffee. Right. And, and she was not under arrest at the time. They were just finding things they had only found the one thing and she's like Mm -hmm. hey i'm gonna go get this cup of coffee and so they she's not under arrest or being held for questioning so they're like sure here go ahead and it wasn't soon after that she went to the go get coffee boom 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 they find three more bodies like within minutes and then they're like uh oh i let her go get coffee (laughs) where is she we want her back (laughs) yeah well, Miss Dorothea, she called a taxi, mm-hmm. but it wasn't Patty. No, I thought that was interesting, too. I guess she didn't. Yeah. I could only think she didn't want to bring Patty into this. Like, she actually, Patty was honestly an innocent participant. She was just taking her back and forth on errands, so. Yeah, yeah. So, so she takes a taxi, goes to Stockton, and then from Stockton, she ends up in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, there are bodies everywhere in this yard. Yes. Well, nine at least nine. Yeah. yeah. And one to believe to be buried alive. Yes. That was, oh, yeah. That, yeah, that was, was oh. hmm. no, no, no. That makes me sad. I can't imagine. I don't want to imagine. I'm not. Mm. Because they saw where her legs, where she was trying to kick the dirt off of her. And the, it kind of made like this cave above, yeah. above her legs where where she was when they were when they found that site and were digging her out so that was sad yeah and one of the officers that they interviewed said that there was no odor in the grave right yeah that he noticed that and he thinks it's because remember when we were talking about that that stink 
Yes, in the in room. In that room. Mm-hmm. Yes. They think that's where she was, you know, killing them, cutting them up, yeah. letting them decompose. Right. So then she would just get them buried. Right. Because she was waiting for the right time. You've got several men living in the house, and I bet it was not an empty house for any long amount of time because they're coming in and out. So how do you get up and, and, and get a body from a bedroom down to a, a flower bed without being noticed? Well, you got to wait a while, and that while might be a month or two. Mm-hmm. Think, things, nature happens, you know. We won't, again, not get graphic about it. And then Aaron's fear of now power saws. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. They will cut your finger off. <laughs> they, yeah, they sure will. And um, so she used that as well because that was another one of her things which she told police. Well, how, how could I move them? They were 250 pounds or whatever. So she's trying to use her smaller stature as another... You know, well, it can't be me. Look at look at little old me. I can't do this. So, which makes it even more gruesome. Right. Yes. So, Dorothea is on the run. She's right? on the lamb. She's in L.A. But let's give you guys a little bit of background of her. Yes. Her name is Dorothea Helen Gray. That's yeah. what she was born as in Redlands, California. Mm-hmm. She was described as a chameleon. She could be anything you want her to be. She goes to jail in the 1940s for forgery, and then again in 78 for forging checks. Right, so, and then why would she be a suspect? Her record is forgery, not murder. How do you make that leap? But anyway. Right, yeah. So in 1982, Ruth Monroe, remember she's the first tenant we talked about, Mm-hmm. dies after moving into the boarding house and dorothea is she's dorothea's first murder that we believe mm-hmm. uh, the autopsy shows that you know she did not die of a heart attack so it was deemed a suicide right because you have to deem it it's either natural murder or suicide and they right. were like well there wasn't a scene there wasn't a right. crime scene so they had to mm-hmm. deem it suicide so, also in 1982, Dorothea was convicted for drugging and robbing an elderly man. She's mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, this is her. Now, she set her mm-hmm. M.O. and has figured mm-hmm. out, oh, if they can't remember or if there's no struggle in a bloody scene, then nothing's happened. And I think that's what mm-hmm. she got in her head about, oh, this is why I can do this because... Again, going back to her forgery, when the people moved into her house, mm-hmm. she part of living there was they made her part of someone who could sign their checks, their Social Security checks, because that was part of living there at the house. And, of course, they're thinking they're getting a handout, somebody, or a hand up, that somebody's helping them get back on their feet. So why wouldn't you give her that um, authorization? And then right. come to find out, every time the mail person came out to deliver mail, Dorothea was always outside, ready to get her mail put in her hands, and it was actually their checks. And yes. she was getting like what five thousand a month, and in right. eighty eight, eighty nine, that's a that's a whole lot of money. It's still a lot of money a month. Oh yeah, in nineteen eighty five, she met uh, Everson Gilmuth. Mm-hmm. And he's found in a homemade coffin along the Sacramento River. Yeah, that was like, oh, my Lord. Mm-mm. So, I mean, yeah, she's getting, she does different Bold. things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's doing different types of murders. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah, and that's it. And that's the thing. It wasn't just one thing or one signature, if you will. Um, that's what, and that's what makes her scary too, because really the killings didn't start until the eighties. So she was, you know, like I said, in her fifties when she started killing. Yeah. It's like what made her in her fifties decide. I'm just going to start killing people and taking their money. I mean, you go right. from forging checks, forging signatures to that. I just, I'm interested to know what happened that made right. her, what flipped that switch. I mean, we'll never know, but. Right. Yeah. So in November 15th, 1988, mm-hmm. yep. our girl Dorothea goes to a bar because old habits die hard with Dorothea. Mm-hmm. But um, boom. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is in LA. So she's on the run. Yep. She's at a bar. Yes. And she meets a guy by the name of Charles Wilgus. I hope I'm saying that correct. I'm so sorry if I'm not. That's how he I would li- pronounce it, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> he he liked her. They got along great. Mm-hmm. And she says, hey, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Why don't we spend Thanksgiving together? He's like, mm, okay, yeah, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. She also tries to get him to come back with her to a hotel that she's staying at. Mm. But he's smart, and he says, no, thank you. Good for him. Yep. So, Dorothea leaves, and Charles turns around and looks on the bar TV. (laughs) Yep. And it is a picture of Dorothea. Yeah. I can't imagine. Could you imagine? That sobered him up so fast. Like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, of course, he calls the police. Dorothea is arrested Mm -hmm. at the hotel she's at. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So they holler back. Come on, Dorothea, you gotta gotta face well, what you done. But what's so interesting is when they put her in the car after they arrested her, the first thing out of her mouth is like, "Well, I'm sorry." Yeah, I'm sorry, detectives. You had to come chase me down and find me. It's like yeah. what? As a steal, that's just so. It's like there's two of her. You know, you got the murderer and then you got the the mammal i don't know right and you know she i don't know if we brought this up but she would do things for charities mm. oh yeah but she was doing them she was donating bags and bags of clothes mm-hmm. well she was just doing that to get rid of the victim's clothing <laughs> i mean that is i mean i've got to hand it to her that was yeah. smart you take their clothing donate it to charity nobody is going to think were these involved in a homicide no, you yeah. just say, oh, wow, we can use these. Thank you so much. So now I'm going to have to look at thrift stores differently, too. <laughs> yeah, right, right. This well, is ruining then, everything. <laughs> and remember back in 85 when she got convicted of, like, robbing and drug and drugging that man? Mm-hmm. She had parole officers that would come and see her, but they never suspected anything. Right, and that's where, and, and I will, I've known parole officers, and they are over, extremely overworked. And the only thing I can think of is the reason why they didn't keep a closer eye on her is because, again, it was for forgery. It was not a violent crime that she mm-hmm. was on parole for. It was for check writing. That's it. Right. Why would right. Why would you watch her close? So, you know, I, I feel bad for the parole officers because, yeah, I mean, that, that fell through the cracks. Absolutely. Because she never, sh- and, and she was running that boarding house without a license. Yeah. So people knew what it was, and yet nobody, this, the county, the city, still didn't step in and try to stop her. I mean, it was just like, she got a lot, a lot of breaks that made those killings possible. Oh, yeah, definitely. And 
how in the world was she able to dig and put these remains in there? Well, the tenants would dig holes. She would give them tasks to do, mm-hmm. and she might say, okay, go there and dig a three-foot hole. And they're like, okay. And they would just do it not knowing that they're actually digging a grave. Right, exactly. Oh, ugh. So that's how she was able to get Get them all that to dig. Work done. Mm-hmm. Right. And them not suspecting them because, again, she was gardening. She's putting down a patio. And right. Yeah. Nobody would think anything of it. Mm-hmm. So, nope. And not every person that lived there died, too. So, yeah, it, it evidently it was, appeared to be the ones who gave her trouble. She yeah. took them out. John Fink gave her trouble, took him out. Bert yeah. crossed her, let her down, disappointed her. She took her out. She took him out. You know, I mean, it's just. Yeah. Phew. But then you have yeah. the long-term residents there, and they're probably. I I would like to have heard from them and been like, what what happened? What do you think? How do you feel? Because I think that would be interesting to get their side of it. What it was yes. like to live there. Definitely. And did, and did they suspect anything, or were they too afraid to say anything? I mean, right? I'd be terrified. Oh gosh, yeah. Just yeah. so you know. Yeah, yeah. really? (laughs) Just so you know. Why? So in in February 1993, she gets tried for nine counts of murder. Mm -hmm. She claims she never killed them. She never confessed. Nope. Nope. She was like, "Mm -mm, not me. Not not Tweety Bird's mom. No way. Yep. (laughs) But she gets convicted. She does get convicted. She's found guilty of three counts of murder. Mm -hmm. And people asked, why not all nine? They said, well, they couldn't determine the cause of death. But... We know that the bodies just didn't fall from the sky. Right. And under her flower bed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yep. <laughs> and she's sentenced to life in prison and she dies there in 2011. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, but the family that owned the home still visited her in jail. They still yep. kept a con- connection with her because they were like well we just we knew we knew her we didn't know this other side of her and so the granddaughter had of the owners had talked about how she was glad she got to be with her and visit her a couple of days before she she finally passed so you know it's interesting to see that part that there's still people who were compassionate toward her even after knowing everything she had done you know i would think if I knew somebody and they had done this, I don't know that I could bring myself to still visit them and keep a connection with them. Right. So, you know, that gives me something to think about of like, well, would I, you know, would I just walk away from them and cut them off? Or would I still be like, what's wrong? You know, what happened? And try to keep that human connection. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I think I would be almost like terrified to go over there. Yeah. Exactly. It, uh, but but hats off to them. You know, they kept yeah. her human and, and helped her feel like she was connected, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to humans outside of the of the prison. But, yeah, so she passed away in 11. 2011. She was born in 29 and passed in, in 2011. So, yeah. yeah. So, and, I, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I said this or not, but Bert was found in the backyard. Yes, he was eventually uh, found. Yeah. Yeah, he was. And that was that was really sad. I know, poor Bert. I know. Poor Bert. So, they they followed Bert more in this um mm-hmm. this episode. So, I just I didn't know if I told y'all, so no. unfortunately you Bert have... was in but one of the victims in the yard, so. Yeah. yeah. But so that is Miss Dorothea 
um, oh, let me look at Poente. it. Oh, Poente. <laughs> yeah, Poente. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that was actually um, one of our listeners. I totally forgot to mention it at the first. That was through one of our listeners, Tiffany. So, Tiffany, thank you so much for the yes. show suggestion. We had, I, we, neither of us had ever heard of her. So, oh. it was interesting because she's an older woman killing you know, these down and out people when she was trying to make it look like she was giving them a hand up to get them back on their feet. So, so Tiffany, thank you so much. Yes. Next week, we have another uh, episode that we're going to talk about that's actually kind of close to where um, we grew up. It is a, a, it's a case from Tennessee and Mm -hmm. it is from another listener. You guys are amazing. Um, Yes. From Amanda. And Amanda suggested that we um, talk about the Holly Bobo uh, case. So this is from 2011. Uh, She was a nursing student that goes missing. So that's your, that's your teaser. I don't think Aaron is too familiar with the I'm case. not. I've, okay. I've never heard of this case. This yeah. is the first time I'm hearing it. I, so yeah, I remember bits and pieces of it. Um, so it, it's interesting. It's got some twists and turns to it. So I think you all will be, um, Aaron included, be interested yes. to to hear and read about that. So again, Tiffany, thanks for the show idea for today. Amanda, we look forward yes. to working on Holly Bobo case yes. for next episode. So Aaron. Well, I think we've peeled back enough layers on that that lady. I'll never yes, look I at do. I'll never look at Tweety Bird's mom the same though. So I know because I'll either. just think, who'd you kill today while you go feed her and keep away from that pooty cat? So uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again for listening. We very very much appreciate it. So until next time, stay safe, take care, keep peeling back those layers on true crime. So bye, Erin. Bye, Erica. Bye, everybody. Bye.